started making ice cream in their garage. And what happened next is just downright inspiring. Welcome to How Mom Made It. I'm Mary Goulet. And I'm Heather Ryder. And Mary, you know this about me. I love food stories. Yes, you do. I love cottage food stories. I love to ha- stories about people making cookies in their home kitchens and then making money. I love stories about um, micro enterprise home kitchens, which have been taking off, especially in San Diego County, where people can actually make food like whole meals in their kitchens and have these little small home-based businesses. So this is kind of a story like that, similar, but a little bit different. Welcome to the show, Sarah Wynn. Sarah, hi. Hi. So, How are you guys? Oh my gosh, we're, we're, doing, we're doing so well and really happy to have you with us today because the story, your story about how you guys started making ice cream and now you make money with this hobby and passion. You've just got to share it with us. Thank you. It is. A, it's a joy, honestly. We. Who knew that you could do what you love and and still um, come home at the end of the day exhausted, happy, and oh, yeah. that's that's part of the joy, right? You know that it is something that you wake up excited to do. So it all started with a gift. It did. It did. My husband is an ice cream nut. He, we've always been ice cream adventuring ever since I've known him since he was 16. Um, and I would say about 10 years ago, we gave him a little ice cream maker for Christmas because he loves to play around with food in the kitchen at home. Um, and he started making the flavors that he always loved. And, and it kind of grew from there. Well, and tell us about that growth. So what happened is we started really enjoying that process of creating fun flavors and he's really got more of a scientific brain and, you know, like what would happen if we threw Pop Rocks in here? Um, (laughs) And so (laughs) yeah, I have to tell you that (laughs) the kitchen was a big cleanup uh, project after that one. (laughs) (laughs) What does happen when you put Pop Rocks in ice cream? They fly everywhere. Oh, <laughs> oh really? That's funny. <laughs> they do. And we didn't think to put the little lid on it. So, of course, it was very exciting. <laughs> so, we, um, we, had, we had quite a laugh. The kids were part of that little discovery. And so it was a lot of fun. Um, and that's really the discovery process is, is what's fun for us, too. You know, trying the new flavors. Um, and we started taking... Uh, ice cream in little containers to dinner parties uh, for friends and, you know, trying something new for the Christmas. Uh, I think that was when we did an eggnog flavor. Can we put alcohol in here and make it work? Um, And so it got exciting and fun. And, and it was actually those moments where we started talking about, wouldn't it be fun if we could do this as a business? Um, and with friends and every, and that encouragement from them and them getting excited over trying the flavors with us is what really kept pushing us. Um, and then, you know, pretty soon we were making it for the neighbors in the front yard because we are a front yard neighborhood. We would sit around and I'd be like, Ooh, I have another flavor to bring out. Everybody tell me what you think. (laughs) So, um, kind of, kind of went from there. Um, and I think it was our neighbors who were like, Hey, if you make bigger portions, I will, I will buy this. I want it in my freezer. Um, and Chris found a commercial 
machine. He said, what if we put it in the garage and just play with it? And I'm like, sure, let's go for it. <laughs> and and um, that's when I started putting up a Google spreadsheet once a week. Um, and I'd say who wants these flavors. And before I knew it, those I would be gone within 30 seconds. <laughs> so Wow. It was kind of it was it was a fun experiment, um, almost testing the market really without meaning to. So, what do you think was the secret to the recipe? Like, did you go on like Yahoo or Food Network pages and find recipes for ice cream, or did he just know what to do? Well, he is a researcher by nature, and he loves to read. He loves um, all data. I, I, it sounds so nerdy, but it's, it's the best part of his nerdiness. Um, and he loves to find more information. So we're big food network people. We read food magazines. Um, he got cookbooks um, of other ice cream shops that have done well, kind of looking at what, what they did. And he would, he applied his own version of it. He kind of did a, I don't know if I like that much um, air or liquid like I like my ice cream solid or more more gooey I don't know I can't even remember the words that he was using but he always had this ultimate um line that he was trying to get to and I think he always keeps moving it and and reaching further so every time he would play around with a recipe he would he would write it down we bought him a cute little journal um, that was his own little ice cream journal and he started to write what he liked and what he didn't like. And, and it kind of went from there. So how many flavors do you have? We have, gosh, our recipe book is now over 150 recipes, but I, at the shop, we have 18 flavors at a time. Oh my gosh. And so we're going to get to the shop here in just a moment, but you also, so you started selling ice cream to neighbors and you were testing the market and this is what I really find inspiring in, about this story, too, is when you're following your passion and doing something that you love, and like you said, you come home at the end of the day, you're tired, but you're happy, but things started opening up, like other doors, just not your garage door, outside of your <laughs> garage door, other doors started opening up to you. Yes. Um, and that's the, the fun part for me. Um, I've always believed in sharing, sharing your stories and sharing your joy and that life, all, all of us are little threads in this, this universe that intersect and cross all the time. And there are moments that I feel like the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities and these, you know, what other people may call luck, they just have better odds of having these little moments. Um, and so we, we were talking about what if we started to look at these little spots and commercial locations. Um, and uh, my best friend was down at the union co-work and, and working and she overheard them talking about wanting a, um, a location for something retail, something fun. And she's like, I have an idea. I have a family. <laughs> so, um, that's where, you know, I, I, I give her a lot of credit for that, but it's also, had we, you know, it's one of those things that if you continue to talk about it and that dream is encouraged and shared and, and, um, fed and watered almost by your friends, they get excited with you mm -hmm. and everybody wanted to see this happen. And so 
they gave us an opportunity, um, the owner of that space, to try it out, test the market. And Chris is very calculated with spreadsheets. He said, you know what? This is how much we can put into it. Let's see what happens. And we just went for it. I think one of the phrases I use a lot lately is um, you have to be willing to work hard for a maybe and just go for it. Oh, I like that. That's really good. Okay, so... Because there are no guarantees. There aren't. And right. you're, you're risking possibly losing an investment if it didn't work. Right. Um, right. And then what the other part is, if it didn't work, all that daydreaming and that inspired magical fairy stuff, fairy dust going out into the world and your friends and neighbors and everybody's cheering you on, and if it, for some weird reason, it didn't work, all that would have gone poof. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be negative, yeah. Nelly, but the, that's what you were, you were like. Okay, we're going to really but, succeed, or we're not. But at the same time, yeah. you already had kind of proven your product and proven your market. And the worst part with not going for it would have never been knowing. Exactly, and we do believe that truly. That if if there's an opportunity that you don't take, would you spend more time regretting it? Or would you rather spend that time trying to make it work? Well, it seems like everything coalesced. I mean, you didn't do it in a rash <laughs> manner. You know, you started right. out with the small little one from Christmas, and then you got a bigger one and put it in the garage. And you're in right. a community where neighbors just cross the cul-de-sac and walk up to you, and you're like, they have your little it, ice cream stand. Exactly, exactly. And it was... Um, you know, it was a dream that everybody was kind of pouring their hearts into together, I believe. And we would have a neighbor drive by and, you know, roll down the window, make sure you make this flavor again, you know, so you're getting that feedback constantly um, as part of your daily um, interactions. And it became almost like the lifeblood of we can make this, this part of our lifestyle. <laughs> Incredible. And so you opened up that um, space, that retail, first retail space in the union co-work space, which is kind of like a shared co-working space, correct? Exactly. And honestly, this, the owner at the time was very creative. He said, I have this big lobby. I can take a 10 by 10 space and open it up to the front. Um, and if you guys build it, then let's see what happens. So and you, that's where, go ahead. No, did you, where do, where do you make the ice cream right now? There? Right now, we have our own kitchen in the shop. Um, so it, we bumped across the street because we outgrew that space very quickly. Um, oh, wow. And we built another shop with a kitchen um, almost a year later is when we started the process. So it was um, it was interesting because COVID came and we thought, oh, no, this might never happen. But then this is where we were able to get creative. Um Kitchens and coffee shops and places all around us were closing, pausing for COVID. And we were still, we weren't even completed with construction for this little 10 by 10 space. And we kept thinking, what do we do? We can't leave this hole in the floor for this co union co work. We either close it up or we keep moving forward. Um, and we decided, you know what? Let's ask around and see if we can borrow space rent space. Um, it took me forever to get a hold of the Dairy Board of California because you have to get certified for every kitchen you're in. Um, but they said yes, 
move forward with this idea. Um, and they came and certified the coffee shop at the corner there that was closed, who, who agreed to rent us their kitchen while they were not operating. Um, and that's where we made the ice cream and we would roll it over every night and fill the freezer again <laughs> and, and just kind of go from there and see. And we actually said, oh, my goodness, we need another freezer after a couple months. And so we would buy another freezer and stand it up inside this tiny little alley kitchen. And pretty soon we had another freezer standing there. So <laughs> we just did baby steps and said we will do it as we can. Um, and that's how we did it. And so it, those baby steps, though, start to become like kind of leaps because you now have two stores. That's right. We, um, we were so fortunate. The community came out and poured so much love into us right off the bat that we grew steadily from the moment we opened until um, COVID officially went away. Um, and we had the opportunity to bump over the street with, to the bigger space with our own kitchen, which we were able to design with a big walk-in freezer with the potential thought in mind that if we ever do this again, we know we can do tiny. We know that this works for us and we're willing to, to you know, carry tubs and, and make it happen. So we started to just talk about what would it look like to have a second tiny location. Um, and out of the blue, um, a few months ago, I got a call from a real estate agent who said, I have an empty ice cream shop. Would you like to take over? What are the odds and of that? See, just, I know. Not just like a retail space, but an ice cream shop. Right. And I had not, I had met her once for about 20 minutes, um, four years prior. So the fact that, like just putting everything out there really does eventually come back somehow. Um, and we said, yes, we turned it around. We called the dairy board again. They, they laugh at us because the lady who comes to inspect the kitchen, she's like, I've never certified so many kitchens for one ice cream shop in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Cause we did, we, um, anyway, the, the, the short version of that story is that we turned it around in about two weeks and took all of the existing equipment and cleaned and scrubbed and added our logo and painted and, and said, let's, let's make it happen. Let's see what happens. So if <laughs> so. you have two, I mean, what, what is the ratio of making the ice cream, put it in the freezer, managing customers, and in two locations? You have those responsibilities. It's like, be, do you yeah, it, divide and conquer? We do divide and conquer quite often, but um, Chris still actually works full time. So this this is his passion project on the side, and I'm the full time ice cream person now. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and you have kids. Be, we do, we do. We are, we're lucky that they're older. I call it my golden zone. Um, they are capable of feeding themselves and driving themselves to where they need to be. Um, and I, you know, we're, we're a close family, so we still spend a lot of time together and, and dinners. Um, but what we do is we intentionally take like a day at Disney almost once a month as a family mm -hmm. um, and just spend some time without working. Because otherwise, we're always like, hang on, I got to stop by the shop and deliver some bowls and then I'll go pick you up. <laughs> so, and, so, and I'm yeah. just curious, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, 
within the growth part of this, you also have to take a look at hiring employees and managing people and all of that. How has that gone? You know, that is a, a bigger challenge than I expected. There's a blessing in it that um, we're located right by the, the university and people are always applying for jobs. Um, and I'm really lucky that these kids are, are eager to work. Um, so what I have found is more challenging for me is just having that right balance of high schoolers who can work weekends, college students who can work the late nights, um, and then knowing who's going to be going away for summer, who's going to stick around. What I typically do is I find kids that are already involved in sports, which makes it challenging for me, but they typically know how to manage their time. Mm-hmm. They're so good about it. Then you have to do a policies and procedures manual. we do we do um we actually have a whole onboarding training that we make them go through all of our processes and handbooks um probably yep he (laughs) he wrote a lot of it i write a lot of tiny documents that he throws into an organized uh, manner because i'm the i'm the fun chaos and he's the the organizer of my thoughts good balance it's a a great balance awesome combination (laughs) Okay, so how many, exactly. days, how many days a week are you open? We are open seven days a week for both locations. Um, and uh, we we do a lot of driving back and forth between the two right now. Um, but I think I'm like, we've grown enough that I'm almost at the point of hiring uh, an assistant manager to help me manage some of those like physical running back and forth, organizing inventory, that kind of stuff and helping me train. So, so I, we're, we're getting close. Okay. So tell me about the products. Like, do you sell the little cups with the wooden spoon if they just want to scoop or do you just sell the pints and the quarts or how do you do that? So when we open, and this is the beauty of Chris's mind, um, he said, we're going to keep it simple for math. And then he built his spreadsheets on what we can add later. So it was one bowl two sizes. <laughs> That's all you could get. Okay. Keep <laughs> so it simple, right, now, sweetheart? <laughs> keep it simple. That's right. Exactly. Um, and now since we've grown, we've added a few more sizes and, um, you know, I, I give him these ideas and he's like, let's, let's wait until we know this works and then we'll add it. But now we have um, one, like kid size scoops, you can double that with two flavors or a really big scoop, which we call our little bit because that's what I told my kids they could have when they were little. Um, and then you can double that one. And then we have flights, which are four little scoops and four flavors. Um, and then they can do the pints to take home, which we hand scoop in the shop um, for everybody as well. Do you do toppings um, we, at all? We do not. I call our, I, I always answer with, we have insighting. We spend a lot of time on what goes into the product, um, and so we we don't do anything other than just the ice cream and the waffle cone. And I don't think that we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, which was my fault, but, <laughs> the, but the name of your store is Winston's Ice Cream. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> we actually started um, that in that tiny spot with um, in the Union Cowork as Wins, because that's our last name. And we thought, well, that's a, you know, there's no, there's no other wins out there that we could find on Google for ice cream. Um, and then we went to trademark it and the lawyer said, you better reconsider <laughs> just, just so you know, the casino has 
a huge number oh. of trademarks and they will probably come at you. Um, so we got a second and third opinion. They all agreed. You have a chance of winning, but it will take time and money. So what is, what are your odds and what is your preference? And we, and we thought present and we thought forward and we said, if we ever do grow, and I dream big, so I said, you know, if we grow in the next few years and we have a couple locations, how expensive is it to change all the branding and the vinyls later mm-hmm. versus now? And so we decided now is the time to do it. And so with the same friends around a dinner party, we all went through a list of names of how do we get win in this name and still have a formal cow gentleman mascot and make it make sense. <laughs> There you go. So Winston's was born. So Winston's was born. But you know what? I'm going to go back to something you said earlier that um, we I mentioned magical fairy dust because, you know, you're like, it. the idea is so inspired. Your friends are so supportive and everybody was cheering mm-hmm. you on. And then you have the last name of Win. <laughs> <laughs> How so can you lose? It was just baked into the formula. <laughs> It is baked into the formula, and I'm I am great with puns and dad jokes because I'm always like it's a win win, <laughs> and pretty much every conversation I've had with potential um, landlords or or negotiation with vendors, I'm always like you know it's a win win, <laughs> and so no I what. always feel no matter what I feel like I'm 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 optimistic enough that it kind of absorbs into whoever I'm talking to. They're like, maybe they can win. I don't know. <laughs> so when you're, when you're having this dream and everything keeps going and it's growing and it's beautiful and it's scaling, do you ever, is there a point where you say, this is where we want to land? Or do you think about like scaling and taking investors or, or franchising? franchising? Yeah. What's that All- look like in your mind? I think all of those things are on the table. We, like I said, I dream so huge and I, and to be very transparent, I'm also very scared. Um, Chris is the steady one in all of this. And I, you know, I'll go up and down after two weeks of our first shop. I was like, okay, that was great. Thank you very much. That was too much work. <laughs> so yeah. That was a, I'm so scared of where it's going to go. Um, but I, you know, I go through these emotional little waves, but at the same time, we do dream really, really big. And we say, you know what, let's see where this goes. And currently our, our, our bigger dream is if we could have enough shops that bring in enough income for Chris to retire from his, his corporate life, that would be amazing. Then he could focus on all of the test flavors and things that he really does have a passion for. Um, but the big dream is definitely what would it look like if we we go outside of this county? Could we have a place up in, in L.A.? We have friends back in Florida and, and Michigan that are always saying, I'll open a, a place if you franchise. Um, so that's it's on the table. We just don't know what it looks like yet. And Chris, and I should jump back. Um, he with and you can tell from my stories previously he's very methodical and formulaic in the way he approaches things so he has said if we can build the the hub of where we make the ice cream and we can physically and logistically produce enough ice cream for three locations um then that maybe becomes the formula of how we grow into each new area 
Uh Um, And so we'll test it here. We have a third location in the works and that will put us right into that formula of, is it a yes or no? And then we can take the next step of, do we want to try to move this into another county? How does that look? Um, And do our investors need it at this point? So this is a private venture. So you guys are holding all the the monies. Yes. Okay. I think that's super smart. Yeah, it is. Chris is, has spent years answering to boards, um, and he said, "Nope, this is this mm-hmm. is my retirement dream for for us." So this is um, we will, and and this was literally from day one is let's not do milkshakes until we save enough money for the milkshake. Let's not do waffle cones until we can order the waffle cone iron. Mm-hmm. It is step by step. We save the money from from that location for each thing we purchase. And you pay as you go. And we pay as we go. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love it. What an inspiration. Yeah. And there's a great song. I'm going to a concert, um, the Michael Franti concert, but there's this great song called Dream Big, Start Small. And it makes me think about Mm -hmm. this whole venture of yours. You're dreaming big, but you are at each level starting small, even from from day one with the gift, with the ice cream maker. You know, it's a small step. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, the baby steps are real. That's I, I have short legs. I can't take any bigger steps than these. <laughs> but baby steps, but baby steps are real and they should not be, you know, undervalued. But at this, but before we, we're getting close to the end here, we always like to mm-hmm. find out what kind of tips or advice do you have for moms who have an idea or a dream of their own for um, making their dreams a reality? Um, I, you know, I've used so many words to, to describe my thoughts and feelings, so I will try to keep it short, but there's, there's a couple of different factors. I think, um, knowing that Chris and I run so differently, I'm very, I have an emotional core engine and he has a logical core engine. And I think if you can surround yourself with people that can have both those things, I think you can be excited and realistic in each step. So if you know your strengths, and I, like I knew my, my weakness is definitely the logical stuff um, and the timing. Um, and it, but if you flank yourself and surround yourself with those people who are willing to give you their time and their effort, whether it's friends or family, of a little bit of, you know what, let me be the person who you can go to for marketing ideas and let's have a lunch once a month with my girlfriends and talk it through. Um, there's a lot that you can do from the emotional standpoint and then have surround yourself with, with the logical people. I said too much to say surround yourself with all of the strengths and weaknesses, whether it's in yourself or in your little group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the second thing I would say is to, um, from the financial perspective, it's scary to jump into any business, in, in my opinion. And I would say pick an amount that is not going to hurt your family or can, you know, um, have a negative impact on you and say, this is my calculated risk amount. And how do I talk to people, negotiate with everyone and and even barter to say, how can we make this number happen? And and I think you find that if you're in a safety net zone of your financial risk, you end up 
being more willing to take other risks um, creatively. Okay. That makes sense. I it's, like that. It's wise, you know? Oh, it's, it is wise. And like you were saying, even your husband has not quit his day job quite yet. Right. So that goes to that right. point. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us today. And people can find you in Del Mar, California and San Marcos, California, right? That is correct. And do you have a website? We do. It is winstons.com. Um, we actually we, oh, um, have a spot on an order and pick up and skip the line. And we are soon about to announce that national shipping may be coming available. Oh, soon. my goodness. That's so exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us on How Mom Made It. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you so much. I really had a great time. Thank you. We did too. Thank you. Hi there, it's us, Mary and Heather. The lawyers want you to know a few things about this podcast. First, it's for entertainment and education purposes only. And a few things about us. We're not doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, financial advisors, or professional coaches. As Mary likes to say, we're just talkers. Always seek the advice of professionals. That's it. Thanks for listening.